In goes Stewart! They've only gone and done it! And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glovers Cast with me, Ian. And on this episode, ahead of an FA Cup match, there is a bout of FA Cup fever in uh, the Glovers Cast headquarters. So we've had to shuffle the deck, we've had to make a few substitutions, and we've got some well-able replacements in for Dave and Ben this week. So first, let me introduce our Glovers Cast Instagram Reels guru, Mr. Ollie Marsh. Welcome. Thank you very much. I've never been described as a guru before. Well, there you go. First time for everything. I think it's fair to say you are, certainly for the Glovers cast. I mean, the reels are sensational. I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me do it. Our pleasure. And also joining us, uh, Tom Bailey from Three Valleys Radio has logged on last minute. Dave's come down with, uh, yeah, he's got serious FA Cup fever and uh, isn't able to support. So here is uh, Tom. Welcome to the Glovers cast. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Happy to have you here. So, interesting week at Hewish Park, a little bit quiet, a quiet one without midweek fixtures, but we did have a signing announced in uh, Michael Smith, who um, I'm led to believe was training at the club last week, and they were hoping to put some stuff out before the Eastbourne Borough game, but uh, international clearance didn't come through on time, so that's it. It was a little bit later planned, uh, later than planned, so... um, Firstly, Ollie, what are your thoughts on on the signing of Michael Smith? Yeah, really good. I mean, I saw it announced, and it was almost like my brain went to, "What's the catch?" <laughs> you know, like he's got this incredible amount of experience, played at a, a really great level. He's sort of thinking, "Why is he here?" You know, is it because he's, you know, lives in the area? Is it because he's had some injury troubles or anything like that? I think it it kind of came across pretty clearly in um, Mark Cooper's answer to the question in his in his presser. It is very much he's he's Bristol based is the the reason we've got him. But listen, regardless of whether he's here, and I think even if it is a case of location, I think you know you don't join a football club unless you get some sort of positive signs. And I'd imagine that Mark Cooper himself has probably had a you know a, a positive influence in in getting it over the line and. Yeah, it's just just great to have him here. I mean, um, I think it's about 220 EFL appearances and and for the past few seasons he's been really consistent performer for um for Hearts at a, a really strange time for that football club it seems. They've they've gone down, they've come up, they've been in a couple of cup finals as well, so to be the person who's kind of been dependable and consistent throughout that period and also come out of that quite tumultuous tumultuous period and still have the kind of backing of the fans and, and still be a real fan's favourite. I think that's a, a really good sign as well. So, yeah, unbelievable signing. On paper, it's absolutely nuts that he played, you know, 30 games in the SPL last year and 
Europa Conference League football yeah. as well. And <laughs> now he's in National League South. Tom, do you think this is a, obviously it's an area where there's been a lot of conversation about how we've been playing on the pitch and at, and at fullback, what, what do you think he's going to bring to the side and, and going forward? Um, well, I, I would definitely agree with Ollie. The The main thing is experience, um, definitely leadership as well. Uh, to play at that level for that long, you don't join a club like this and not bring something like that. Um, I'm super excited to see how he plays. I know he, he's predominantly a right back, so that gives Zach Bell some, um, some tutelage. Um, I know he can also play centre-back, and I believe he's a defensive midfielder as well which can also help uh, Morgan Williams. So I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, how much he plays and just fingers crossed he stays fit. Um, I think, I can't remember who posted it in, in the, the chat the other day, but his injury record looks solid as well. So um, we should be okay. Do we know if he can play on 3G at all as well? I would assume he could because we've not heard otherwise, but if he can, then that's another massive. It's a good question. I mean, you've you've your debut on the Glovers cast, and you've broken a rule already. Um... Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> uh, I don't know. Next time we play on a pitch, I'm sure someone will ask the question. I feel like um, there's some some probably some loads in Scotland. Yeah, I was going to say there's definitely some Scottish Championship sides that have three G pitches, and he always seemed to get around thirty five to forty games for for Heart. So that's a good sign. Yeah. And fingers crossed, then we'll be great. Then we'll, yeah. uh, we'll have a, a beautiful new right back, and he can stay with us until the end of time. And I love Michael Smith. Please stay. <laughs> the other thing, as well, though, and, and I don't like to read too much into uh, YouTube highlight reels, but he knows where the goal is as well. With both feet as well, we can yeah. score with right and left. <laughs> is there anything this man can't do? <laughs> well, maybe we'll find out at the weekend. <laughs> I think, Tom, you make a good point with Zach Bell as well. I, I think, you know, you, you can see it as maybe that's Zach Bell's chances of getting minutes significantly diminished now. But you'd like to think if you're Zach Bell and if you're Bristol City as well, you're delighted with this signing because what an incredible mentor to have. I mean, I know that I get the feeling that Bristol City have maybe not been too happy with the lack of minutes that some of our previous loanees from them have got. But... I can only imagine that they'd be happy to, you know, to to look at it and go, well, you're going to spend a, a season learning from somebody who's had that amount of appearances and, and had all those different experiences. It's going to be really great. And for someone like Zach Bell, who I think you, you guys spoke about it on the last pod, you know, he's, you can tell there's a player there, but he's just very, very raw at the moment. I think it, it's only going to improve him. So that's a, a really massive plus point as well. Definitely. And I think even that whole defensive unit, obviously we've got Josh Staunton, who's got loads of experience as well. But, you know, Jake Wannell has largely played football in in non-league and the lower levels with Bell. You've got um, Alex Whittle, who's got a, a, a decent amount of experience. But just that extra experience of playing at a really, really good level recently will just add so much to that defensive unit, I think. And, and you've got it at both ends of the pitch now as well, because I know that um, Jordan Young spoke to you about how much he's been learning off of Frank Newble, who's kind of, I think, the only player in our squad who, who kind of gets close to 
the amount of EFL experience that Michael Smith's bringing in with him. So to have it, as I say, at both ends of the pitch now as well, it's nice to to have it dotted around. Yeah. Any any ideas on any players that fit that profile? Uh, there was a few mentions about Stephen Corker uh, this <laughs> this week. After um... I don't know, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Versatile fullbacks, I think. Uh, I don't know why, but James Milner comes to me. <laughs> he could just kind yeah. of do everything. He's he's solid six and a half, seven out of ten every game. Consistent, doesn't really get injured. Can play pretty much anywhere. Has been Leadership. playing for about the past forty-five years or so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the Benjamin Button of football. <laughs> <laughs> the other good thing about uh, Smith coming in and that partnership with Zach Bell is uh, I presume Bell is still based in Bristol. So he's got a lift to and from training every day as well. There you go. He's saving the environment as well. Exactly. Sustainability. Right. Let's get into the FA Cup. We have got a load of questions. So tonight we are going to do uh, a bit of a, a quick GCQ session, but uh, let's just have a quick chat about Stoneham. Um, I had a chat with their chairman for our uh, foot in the opposition camp for this Saturday. And um, yeah, he wasn't too, uh, he was a bit coy on how they played. Didn't want to give too much away. But when I told him that Mark Cooper sent someone to watch uh, watch them play at Cowers at the weekend, he was he was surprised and said they were probably sat next to him on the ferry um, over there. But they look, they look like an impressive team, like their results, you know, at the level and how many, how many goals they've scored. And, I think the result against Basingstoke is not one to be sniffed at. I'm not sure who... Was that for just a general chuck out there? <laughs> it is a general chuck out there, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I can definitely say from my limited knowledge of them, they have started their league campaign really well, really well as well. So I, um, I'm not looking forward to this. It could be a real banana skin and from what I've seen as well, they can score a lot of goals. So, um, yeah, not looking forward to that. I think they was it four games, four wins. So they're only not top because they've just not played enough games. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they've started well. Um, we can definitely not uh, underestimate them at all because um, otherwise we'll be on the receiving end of quite a messy result. Yeah, Ollie Mark Cooper described described it as a, a no win match. <laughs> which I think is, uh, yeah. Completely agree with him as well. I think, um, yeah, exactly what he said. If you win, then nobody bats an eyelid, but if you don't win well enough, then you get criticised. And yeah, it's a bit of a nightmare. I think um, hopefully the players will will kind of feed off of the pressure or at least be aware of the pressure of knowing that if we do lose, it will probably go down as one of the worst results in our history <laughs> and will probably be spoken about for many years to come. Hopefully that's a kind of positive impact. And I was speaking to Mark Cooper, I was really happy to hear him say that he's not planning to to change the team at all. Partly because I don't actually think that we we need that much rotation. I think pretty much the full squad has, has been able to get minutes here and there so far this season. But also just because we're on a, a pretty good run at the moment. We've been building, the performances have been getting better and better. The one thing that's been missing from this season is just us going out and absolutely smashing a team. And the reason I say that is because 
just based on our, looking at our team on paper and, and based on some of the patches of play that we've had, I feel like we have it in us to to go and really have a convincing victory. And, you know, going into an FA Cup match against a ninth tier team, you're probably not going to get as good of an opportunity to to do that. So hopefully we can go out there and, and, and get a convincing win. We can make it comfortable and, you know, that will that will breed some confidence. I know it's not quite as simple as that, but that would be uh, an ideal situation. 100%. And I think it, you're right. It does feel like with the patches of play, we've we've been close to, to really turning it on, but we just always have those 20-minute spells, 30-minute spells in the middle of a game where it all just goes a bit crazy. And I thought, you know, even though we won the game and that was the most important thing, I thought on, on Saturday, Mark Cooper's been pretty scathing about <laughs> the performance on Saturday. And I came home quite happy from that game at the weekend, Tom. What what was your view and like since it's happened and how you've heard Mark Cooper talk about the, the result and the performance, what, what's your take? Um, I can definitely understand where he's coming from. Um, I am pretty much in your camp of I went home very happy with it. Um, the fact that we were able to take the lead, then fall behind and come back again to win it is huge for us. Um, and but yeah, I can definitely see why he wouldn't be too happy about that on on paper. Well, in especially in Mark Cooper's head, we should be winning every single game, and he would want nothing less. So I can understand why he's um why he would say that uh, we weren't necessarily um at the races. Um, I think just the the positive thing we can take from it is that we can score goals. It, the last season was a tragedy in terms of goal scoring. We've got goals in abundance now from all over the field as well. New plays look brilliant. Um, the fact we can even leave Reese Murphy on the bench and have him come on fresh is is a brilliant, brilliant sort of luxury we can have now. Um, so I think it's only upwards from here. And I could, yeah, I think he's right to be harsh because he wants nothing but the best from them. Um, and I'm sure they'll look to deliver on Saturday and get the uh, the confidence flowing. I think for me, I am that horrible, greedy football fan who just wants more and more. I remember us chatting after the Western game where obviously buzzing to to come away with a result from a from the first kind of local derby of the season, but just like, ah, oh, that could have been a, a really comfortable, you know, tonking away win where we we put four or five past them and we ended up hanging on at the end. So, listen, I don't ask for much, but just a, a little four or five nil at the weekend just to prove that we have it in us and that we can get that convincing win and it, it doesn't have to be difficult would be would be really lovely, I think. Like you yeah. say, we just need one. We just need one. That's <laughs> I, I don't even care if like the rest are sort of tight games again. I want one where we can sit there and go, we've just absolutely mullered a team. <laughs> Wonderful. And please let it be talky or Weymouth. <laughs> you want it, don't want to wait that long. <laughs> uh, GCQ special. So uh, let's put you on the spot. Prediction for the weekend. Scoreline. Tom, you go first. Oh, 3-1. Oh, we're going to concede. To over, I should say. <laughs> I think they'll catch us by surprise and then they'll drop a... Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll either take a massive lead, they'll just get a consolation or they'll take us by surprise and we'll come back. But I think 3-1. Yeah, 
I think just knowing how free scoring they are, I, I don't necessarily back us to get a clean sheet either. But I'll say five one, uh, which would still I think would still go down in the history books as a mullering. Yeah, anything above five. Yeah, what five counts and... as a mullering? <laughs> what is the classification of mullering? I reckon five and above is a mullering. Okay, I so think... a five-one mullering would be my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon we'll keep a cleano and uh, score four. Go for four now. So not quite mullering standards. I reckon a dominant four nil can be counted as a mullering. <laughs> if it's a sketchy four, then you're in trouble. But a, a dominant four, I can count that as a mullering. What's a sketchy four? Uh. <laughs> I feel like there's been a 4-0 this year where I looked and thought that's definitely not a 4-0. I remember this is incredibly niche, but I remember <laughs> it was a Boxing Day game once. We beat Wickham 4-0 and it could have easily been 5-4 to Wickham. I think it was when we had Alex McCarthy in goal and he made like five wonder saves in the first half. That's a sketchy 4-0. There you go. There we go. We've defined sketchy 4-0. Only coming in clutch. Yeah. If anyone else has got a sketchy 4-0, please let us know. Um... Okay, I want to put you two on the spot again. Uh, and Ollie, you can go first this time. Um, tell the listeners your first game and what made you fall in love with Yeovil Town. Oh, man, this is a difficult question for me to answer because I I really didn't like football for the longest time when I was a kid. And it was only when my dad started, my dad's a season ticket holder and my granddad was a season ticket holder. It's only when my dad started dragging me to, to Hewish Park that I that I fell in love with it because of the the buzz and the atmosphere. But it's it, because I didn't really like football the first few times I went, it's hard to pin it down. I've actually tried to do research and I think, I think my first game was a 3-0 defeat to Crew Alexandra. So... Oh. Yeah, I mean, not the not the best start, but I think that was my first game. It, it got better from there, though. I mean, my first season as a season ticket holder was um, 2008-09. So you had that kind of Skivo taking over as manager. And towards the end of the season, we had that Chris Wheel goal. So there was definitely enough there for me to go, wow, this is bloody brilliant. But yeah, I, I think since then, just from... Just from having a season ticket for so many years, I, I moved away from Yeovil about five years ago, but I still go as, as often as I can. Just the the kind of the kind of familiarity with it is is what I love and and the nostalgia. You know, Hewish Park has obviously changed quite a lot, but it still sounds the same and it still smells the same and it still feels the same and. You know, life's constantly changing. So having somewhere where you can go back and it still has that warm feeling of, of familiarity, I think is is something that I really enjoy. And yeah, Hewish Park really feels like home. So that's what what I would say, maybe fall in love with football. I've said that, man. Love that. Tom, top that. I don't think I can. Um, <laughs> a three 0 defeat to Crew Alexander. Yeah. Mine was also okay. a defeat, I believe. My first ever Yeovil game in memory was Blackpool two Yeovil one at Wembley. Two nil. I believe it was Wembley. Was it two 0 I must yeah. have been about six, five, six. <laughs> I remember being in the heavens and I celebrated when we scored an own goal because I was confused on what had happened. That's the one, the <laughs> one thing I took away from that. And I remember playing Blackpool. That's it. Um, 
Yeah, not all first games are at Wembley, so you really sort of <laughs> peaked at where you the, w- were watching the Oval. The one, uh, the one that you thought we scored was probably that Marcus Stewart header, which uh, I still don't understand how it didn't go in. You probably just assumed that you scored that. I just blanked out of my memory. I think my first Hewish Park game, though, was Yeovil 4, Peterborough 2. And I want to say that's 2007, but I could be wrong. Um First game in in adult memory though was a one nil against Barnet two years ago, where I remember they had a massive centre back and I cannot remember his name, but he was um, a big big boy and we wound him up all game and he nearly got himself sent off and it was wonderful and that made me fall in love with it. It was my first game as an adult. Uh, went with my mate and I had the buzz for it ever since then. I went for two or three that season. Went to a lot more unfortunately last season um and this season i'm signed up for a season ticket so um yeah i again pretty much what ollie has said it feels just the whole atmosphere going into the thatchers even in the bamford stand um it's just a wonderful feeling to go there and feel the the real passion and the love that the fans have for the club it's not just like a an accessory this is a heart and soul of a community um and it's special to feel like we're really a part of that. There's definitely a buzz this season, like lifted compared to last season. So, um, yeah, you don't reckon that big defender was Ben Richards Everton, do you? <laughs> no, I, I kind of wish it was because I'm he's <laughs> he's not one of my favourite players ever. I'll, I'll say that. I will do some research and come back to you because I can't think of his name off the top of my head at all. I want to say it was number five as well. I don't even think he was their player. I think he was a loanee. Um, someone will know don't worry about it we'll have a look <laughs> right okay some questions from the listeners here mixed in with some that I've also written down um, Callum Hallett the uh, the famous drummer of the Thatcher's Terrace would like to know who is the worst player you've seen play for Yeovil speaking of Ben Richards Everton <laughs> oh no heat that one up He's on my list. I mean, Debs um, Debs has come in with Dylan Barnes in the co- in a reply to that one, which in yeah, recent shout. memory, I can't remember many Ult- worse than him. The ultimate goalkeeping disaster class. I, I always, I, I kind of think of um, uh, Wes Fogden because oh, yeah. he, he, he did, did okay. Stone, to be fair. He did, he did. but he was always he just, so small and I just didn't yeah. he didn't feel like he was not small like Darren Way just like no, would fall over in the wind small he wasn't a weasel he was he was like a ferret more than a, a weasel <laughs> yeah no that's not a bad shout I think I saw him play a few seasons later for Haven't and Waterlooville which was sort of a bit bit more his level but... and ours now yeah <laughs> Tom any advances on any of those uh, before I start, I found his name was Reese Greenidge. That was the centre back from Barnet. Uh, oh, number fifteen. So there was a five. Uh, on to more I can't, I can't say that that was on the tip of my tongue. To be honest, <laughs> second I saw his name, I remembered it. Oh well. Um, I had three down as a shortlist for myself. I had Oof. Ben Richards Everton mainly because I've only seen properly last season, so I don't have much to go off. So I've got Ben Richards Everton. I've got Jack Clark who. Uh, was truly abysmal every single time I saw him on the field. 
Um, and an honourable mention is Ryan Law, who continued to be, uh, be rubbish against us when he played us uh, for Truro. So they're my three, but I think it will have to be Jack Clark, simply because Ben Richards Everton did a shift at striker for us one day. <laughs> so he gets, he gets a pass. He's honourable mention. Worst. Yeah. I think Joe, the, the trouble is you kind of like nostalgia ruins it for you a little bit because I, I remember thinking that like Terrell Forbes was really rubbish. But now when I think back, I Oof. go like, Terrell Forbes he was great. <laughs> he was quality. <laughs> Bonds and Gala and players like that. Like I didn't like him at all at the time, but now I'm like, oh, big bad Bonds and Gala. <laughs> we had like Anthony Edgar and, um, you know, and even like Kieran Agard was rubbish for us, but went on to do really well. Anthony <laughs> yeah. Edgar had one really good game at Preston away where he tore them to shreds. We still lost, but he tore them to shreds. But apart from that, yeah, Kieran Agard, he, the, like one of his only goals for Yeovil was when um, the, the ball, no, it was a drop ball and Luke Ayling hoofed it back to the goalkeeper and Agard just nipped in and put it past him, which was, and caused absolute furor from the <laughs> Shepherd Wednesday fans, and he he celebrated it like he just scored the winner in the World Cup final. It was amazing. Just needed one for his confidence. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Peasland says, evening. Evening. Hello. Following the arrival of Michael Smith, who is the best Silver Fox you've seen play? I, I was I saw this question earlier and I was trying to think, but I, I couldn't think of it. I, I I never saw him play, but um I've seen pictures and videos and Graham Roberts when he was Yeovil player manager, he he definitely didn't have any bottles of just for men in his uh bathroom cabinet. <laughs> he was fully gone. Uh I've had to go Elsewhere for this one, I'm not uh, 100% clued up on uh, the history of grey-haired Yeovil players. So I've got down two. I've got Bastian Schweinsteiger. He was one of the few grey-haired players I could find. Uh, and the other one was Kazuyoshi Muria, who still plays at the age of 56. Wow. Uh, and cool. he is in the second division of Portugal. Uh, so he's my uh, other shout. I think I'd have to go Muria just because he's still going at 56. That is some effort. That is some effort. Um, I, I, there was a few silver foxes at the legends game. Um, yeah. so I'm going to just, I'll go with Lee Johnson, although he wasn't as good as he wasn't as good as he once was. <laughs> um, there's one here from Rob. This is what division are we in five years from now? I reckon Lee too. Yeah, I, I really think so. I think the momentum we've got here will either will either go up or we'll get close and then do it next year. We'll have another sort of tenth position in National League and then we'll make a push. I genuinely could see us either top end National League or League Two in five years. Would you I, be happy with that? I was delighted. Ollie. I, I definitely think that Yeovil's kind of in the natural pecking order. Their home is sort of League One. If you look at kind of size and stature, the trouble is there's some like massive clubs in the National League now. And the clubs who are in League Two, who would be traditionally non-league, like 
Sutton and Harrogate and Barrow, they're actually kind of holding their own there and have, have become a little bit established. So it's really difficult to kind of get yourself back up into the natural order of things when there's a few teams who are kind of kind of putting it off. But yeah, I, I think I'd be... I wouldn't be heartbroken if we were still in the National League in five years' time. I think, you know, as long as we were kind of towards the top end of the National League rather than the bottom end, I think I'd be be happy with that. But yeah, for me, I think Yeovil's natural home would be would be League Two. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think in five years' time, I, oh, it's difficult because you you look at like what how long Wrexham were in the National League for, and it yeah. took millions to get them out of it and even like Notts County came down and it probably took them a lot longer than they thought it would um so it's not going to be easy I think league I think league two would be some achievement um the, the current yeah like as it stands so yeah I would take um yeah sort of consistently towards the top end of the national league and pushing to get into league two what what do you say sorry, sorry gone um, have we seen any, you know, you get it from League One to the Premier League where you go win League One, win the championship like Bournemouth did and I think Southampton did as well. Have we had any go win the National League South and then go straight up the year after that as well? Do we know if anyone's done that? Because it feels much harder at this level. You get to sort of, from the very bottom, it's very easy to just fly through the leagues as we've seen with like Hashtag United and stuff. But then you get to this sort of point and it gets really difficult and then you end up getting into league two and then you can start flying up again to about the championship and then it's it's tricky again so have we had anyone that's actually done that what did what did stockport do they went up fairly quickly from national league north to league two didn't they i when did they come back from the north when we played them in the fa cup they were in the north weren't they when we when darren ways team lost to them in the FA Cup in yeah. would that have been 18 yeah 80 that was yeah that was early doors so it would have been before Christmas 2018 um and then they were in we went down that year and they were in National League when we went down weren't they I'm pretty I sure so, so close. they've had a good run I think I think probably not many teams have done it because predominantly those teams in North and South are part-time teams mm. and then they come up and mostly a full-time league. So it's quite a challenge to then do yeah. that and do it again. I mean, I think I can think of Rovers, Bristol Rovers doing it, going up from National League to League Two to League One pretty quickly. Yeah, and, you know, we did that of- as well. I can't think of any to go from the sixth step to the fourth step. Fifth to third, I can, like you say, Rovers. But yeah, sixth to fourth. I, I'll back step. I'll say top end National League. There we go. How do you guys think um, Martin Hellier would, would answer this question? What do you think, like inside the club, the the ambition levels are? Do you think it's they'd be expecting to be EFL in the next five years? I'd hope so. I'd hope there would be that ambition to do it. Yeah, um, I'd hope so. I think, yeah. But I think you just have to look at... I th- Hopefully things in the National League have levelled out a bit in terms of what it takes to get out of the division. 
But if you look at the benchmark last year, um, yeah, it's going to take some some cash to build a team that can do it. And, you know, who's to say who comes... If, if we were to go up this season, who comes down from the EFL and throws a load at it as well and you've got established teams in there. Um, yeah. I wonder what Mark Cooper would say. I'll well, ask him that next week. <laughs> well, somewhere else you could find out, just throwing a, a plug in here. Yeah. On Monday on Football Bloody Hell, hosted by Three Valleys Radio, we actually have the man himself on. Mm. So I could always store that and feed back for you if you would like. Or if you want to store that for your press conference, then... No. Ask I'm away. Happy to wait. Ask away. Can you also ask him what his um, favorite grey-haired footballer would be? <laughs> <laughs> I'll write these down. We'll have a list at the end. Just go on the GCQs hashtag and have some of them. Uh, Raging Bald Skittles asks: uh, Have you guys ever got lost or gone gone the wrong way on the way to an away game? We were on our way to watch YFC in the Somerset Premier Cup final in Poulton back in the day. We almost got to Chicklade at A three hundred three before someone realised. Still got for kickoff though. I I don't have any fun stories. I'm afraid I'm an absolute slave to Google Maps, so it's pretty hard <laughs> to go wrong. To be fair, our uh, first game in the championship at Millwall, uh, me and some mates went, and we we went somewhere before and had a few drinks and. We got off at, at, we just found a tube and like that tube's nearby and had to walk all the way through like Millwall pubs and like, you know, there's the station that you get off and you just sort of get kettled into it normally. We didn't come in that way. We went out that way, but we we came in a totally different this time. Yeah, we came in totally different. It was like, oh, I don't think this is the right way to (laughs) come to this game. I mean, we didn't wear our shirts, but uh, yeah, it was a yeah, it was an interesting way to approach a Millwall game in the championship. You weren't part of the group who was singing "I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles" in the stand during the game. <laughs> no, fair enough. <laughs> a memorable day, though. Lovely day. What a day! What a day! Uh, I have no interesting stories either. Uh, I've not been to many away games, so I've not really had a chance to get lost. So. Um... I'll keep you posted. Good. I mean, you'll, yeah, at some point, uh, the car park won't be where you expect it to be. And <laughs> <laughs> you'll end up on a, in the middle of a trading estate. Um, if you could watch one player that you've seen play for Yeovil come into this team and be a part of it, who would it be? Ollie, you go first. Ah, uh, I didn't want to go first on this one. That's a difficult <laughs> one. I don't have many players to pick from, so I'll have a go. Yeah, go on then. I'll give you a chance. I've only got last season to go off, and none of them from from how (laughs) (laughs) from how dynamic he was. I was gonna say Andrew Oluwabori, but I'm gonna change that, and I'd like to see Jamie Andrews in the game in the team because he was great when he was here. I don't know where he is now, but I think he's in a League Two side on loan again. But I would like to see Jamie Andrews in the midfield with um with Worthington mixed up. Or Andrews and Ours. That'd be wonderful. He's I just think... signed for Grimsby on loan, Jamie Grimsby. Andrews. Yeah. I'll yeah. I like the Ottawa Bori shout if if just because we could do with a 
a tricky winger. I'm not sure he'd be high up Mark Cooper's list to bring back in, but um, yeah. Ollie? Yeah. I don't know. I, in in terms of wingers and flair, Super Gav had some good games out on the wing, so he'd be uh, he'd probably have a lot of fun in this division. Super Gav. I'm going to go rather predictably with Terry Skiven. Um, just yeah. the man. <laughs> uh, we've got one from Hugh is Hugh. Uh, it's a no win, the Stoneham fixture, except, of course, if we win, when we will have won. What other particularly meaningless football cliches annoy the panel? Ooh. I don't get annoyed by them, to be honest. I find them quite entertaining. I can't remember what his name is, but there's a guy on Twitter who makes, like, compilations of managers. Brian's yeah. Gun. Is that, wait, who is it? Brian's Gun. Brian's Gun, yeah. Have you seen them? They're great. Yes. yes. I don't know how he finds them all. It's incredible. Okay. But, yeah, all of the all of the standard, um, you know, game of two halves and stuff like that are all on there. There was one the other day that I saw was, like, part and parcel of the game. And the amount of different managers there's it's like yeah part and parcel. And then there's always like a nice little Dion Dublin homes under the hammer. Yeah. Or whatever he does. The <laughs> first in. one I saw was uh the first one I saw was the amount of managers and players who have said proper club. <laughs> yeah. like, like every every team in the football league is, is described as a proper club. <laughs> or a massive club. Yeah. <laughs> I think I don't know if it's said enough to count as a football cliche, but I don't like the the use of through thick and thin. Because what's the good part of that? Is it the thick or the thin? <laughs> what what? Why would you through the um? Well, good times and the bad, obvious obviously. There's um through the something about rough as well. I'm gonna forget it. So rough I'm with gonna... a smooth. That's it. Rough with a smooth. You know that the smooth is good, whereas. Thick and the thin, that's subjective. <laughs> Some people might say part? otherwise, actually. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I'm going to have to say that because it's a very vague opinion. Okay. Answer. There we go. Uh, Ian Watmore says, evening all. Evening. evening. My birthday is on Saturday, which falls on the same day as our FA Cup game. Do you think this makes me a VIP guest for the game? And if the club made this happen, what should be included in the package? So build build your own VIP package. He should be uh, tagging Mark Robinson in that, surely, rather than... <laughs> yeah, there you go, Ian. I mean, I think I was at Man City a couple of weeks ago, and um, have you seen their tunnel club hospitality yeah. that they have, where the, the tunnel is... Uh, um, like a like a like a two way mirror, but glass. So it's like the hospitality guests can see in the tunnel, but the the tunnel can't see them. That's mm. that's very cool. Um, very strange conducting post match interviews when you have a bunch of people enjoying their dinner, watching over you. That's a bit strange. Um, and yeah, before the game during training, they they take them out onto the pitch, and there's this little cordoned off area of the pitch where people can just stand and watch the team warm up as if they get a better view stood there than they would in the stands um so yeah that's that seemed like quite a cool experience so i'm sure mark robinson would be able to to sort you out something like that you should surely get a get a, get a little round of happy birthday going on the thatcher's terrace as well i'm sure callum would be able to belt that out on the drum to get some percussion accompaniment to it also get some music sheets 
say it's their drums for happy birthday (laughs) (laughs) alex fisher can play the piano so maybe alex can come to the rescue for that one get the yeovil band together yeah yeah i don't know please (laughs) dear god no (laughs) can you imagine the the size of the drum that martin hellier bought can you imagine the size of the piano that he'd buy (laughs) he'd have to jump on each key wouldn't he (laughs) like him big um Yeah, I, I think a penalty shootout, your own, yeah, penalty shootout would be a good VIP experience. Who would you go against? The Jolly Green Giant. That's normally how these things yes. go. The mascots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm on a half time. Uh, Dan Cabell says, if we don't go up this season, do you think we remain a full-time team? We've, we've got to, surely. It would be a disaster to go part-time. Just the, like, whether you're going part-time to full-time or full-time to part-time, just the transition between the two is... Yeah. Like, like was it Altrincham where they went from part-time to full-time? And it's obviously great news for them, but they lost half their players. And yeah. the same thing would happen to us, just the other way around. So, yeah, no, we'd have to stay full-time, surely. I think there's quite a few... Um... So Wildstone managed to sign quite a lot of players from clubs who wanted them to go full time, but because they've got because of where they are, a lot of them have got high earning jobs in like in London and it just doesn't make sense financially to drop all that to become a full time footballer in non league. <laughs> I th- I think we'd stay full time. Yeah. I mean the the fact we can sign someone like Michael Smith and then next season go part-time feels bonkers. So I think we'd stay full-time. Yeah. Sure Josh Clinton would love to be part-time though. He could put more focus into his lawn. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah, there is a there is a pro for some of the some of the uh players. Uh Ian Thorne says a very good evening. A very ha- good evening. Has Hewish Park ever been named for sponsorship purchases if not why not what would it be worth don't think it has ever been it's always been Hewish Park I think in terms of what it's worth I think just not worth the ag (laughs) (laughs) what would you what would be the worst sponsor local sponsor that could come in and sponsor the whole thing the wave of times (laughs) (laughs) What's the what's the most ridiculous um, stadium name sponsor name that you've ever come across? For me, it's uh, Crew Alexandra's Mournflake Stadium. <laughs> Mournflake. Mournflake. Yeah, they've got they've got a cereal aisle in their club shop. That's true. <laughs> oh, there was uh There are some. What was the? What did Cardiff do with theirs? When um, I mean they changed all the seats to red. I'm not sure if they re-ran. It was just like visit Malaysia, right? Wasn't it when they had um the guy who came? He's still there, isn't he? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, Christ, he changed the seats back to blue though. (laughs) Still wearing his shirt over his like suit and tie that he like he used to do. I hope so because it's a great look. It is a great look. I'm surprised that hasn't caught on. Hell, you're walking out in a Yeovil shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I don't I, know what it would be worth. Yeah, not enough. Like you say, not enough. <laughs> not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd want it to change either. Huge no. Park is iconic. I don't like it when you end up getting... I, I'm always happy that, weirdly, Spurs haven't had a name for theirs yet. So it just becomes soulless. It's just like the Audi Arena or something. The um, Tottenham Toilet Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and a very nice <laughs> toilet bowl at that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, what's the biggest team you've seen Yeovil play? Tom, <laughs> recent years. Bournemouth, 21-22 FA Cup. Yeah. I was yeah. there and what a feeling that was. Ollie. Probably another FA Cup one. I, I saw both of the Man United games. That's probably probably yeah. the biggest team, right? Yeah. I've seen... Yeah, I saw us play Liverpool as well when Liverpool came to town. So, yeah, Liverpool and United are the big ones. Probably, ones. like, for a league game, it would be Leeds, I would say. Yeah, I mean, we played a few big ones in the Championship, didn't we? Leicester. Um, Leicester. Yeah. But I think Leeds have always Leeds always travelled like in number when they came down as well. Um, there always seemed yeah. to be way too many of them. And I remember one season when we were in League One and there was a load inside the Thatcher's end as well, and it all got a bit got a bit aggy. Yeah. There was Leeds scored and there was limbs in the home terrace yeah. that they <laughs> scored in front of. It was crazy. Yeah. Take some serious uh, cojones to to do that, but that's Leeds. Um, what this is from almost a pro pilot. The last one was from almost a pro pilot as well. What new facility would attract the most fans to YTFC that could be built in Yeovil? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going yeah. trampoline park because I've been pretty consistent about the need for a trampoline park in Yeovil. I yeah, think if I anything, and it's not related to football, would be a go kart track. That's Ooh. probably more for my benefit, though. <laughs> um, well, and others, I'm sure others would enjoy. Oh it as yeah, well, others, <laughs> others would use it as well. Yeah, um, I think if it's relating to football, the only thing I could really think of, because Helly has done a great job with side space, the only thing I could think of would be to start stadium tours, just because of the history of the ground. Not that there's much to see, but you can get a drink, and <laughs> it's quite a small stadium. Um, yeah, have a drink, have a look about, all that sort of stuff. Meet the I'm manager. sure I've, I've definitely done a stadium tour as a as a junior Glover back in the day. I'm sure I remember sitting in the dugout and going in the changing rooms and stuff like that. I did an Easter egg hunt as a junior Glover. Wow. One year. Yeah. I wish I had all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was part of like the soccer school. One of the soccer schools during like the Easter holidays. And yeah, we did a... Yeah, an Easter egg hunt all all around the all around Hewish Park. Amazing. Yeah, there you go. that's that's what that's what you need to to bring the in answer to the question. Just an <laughs> yeah. Easter egg, hunt. Easter egg hunts would attract the most fans. Build it, and they will come. <laughs> <laughs> right, this is one that I've written down. Um, you're appointed Yeovil Town Manager in the morning. What is your team for Saturday? What are your tactics? And where are you looking at recruiting? Tom, you can go first. Oh, this is my football manager head coming on now. And I'd like to preface this by saying I'm not very good at football manager. <laughs> um, 
I think I would have for my start eleven. I would let Will Bues go back in goal, as it's such a. He's a good keeper. He's had a few mistakes that's knocked his confidence. So I would let Bues go in goal. I would play a four, three, three. I'd have Whittle at left back. I'd be willing to take a punt on Dawes at right back if he's fit. I don't actually know if he is, though. Um, And then have Smith come off the bench. Uh, And then have Staunton and Williams give one all a rest. Actually, no, one all and Williams. Midfield of Cooper, Hours and Sonny. And then we'll have Jordan Young, Nuble and Hyde, and they can just kind of mix it up at the front. Well, that is some rotation. That is some rotation. First day on the job and you've I think changed we've got it all. To. I don't think that's necessarily the best team we can put out by far, but I think that's I'd be comfortable in saying we could beat them with that team. Okay. Anywhere you want to recruit? Centre back. Okay. Uh, just a, a proper centre back. Because when Cooper likes to play three at the back, we've got Williams, Sendles White, and Staunton. And I mean Michael Smith is a kind of a centre back. And that's kind of it. We don't really I mean, we've got Ollie Haste as well, but he's not really here. He's kind of kind of on loan at Dorchester, kind of here. So I think one more solid centre back and I'd feel much more comfortable. Okay, Ollie. I don't have a football manager head, which I'm sure will be apparent in my answer. Um, how did we? It was Zach Bell and Sonny Blue who came off at halftime against Eastbourne. Is that right? Yeah. So I I'd start with the team that started the second half on Saturday against Eastbourne, uh, but with Michael Smith handed his debut. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change the goalkeepers. I think I, I would if um, if it hadn't been for, for the fact that Will Buse has already had some games at the start of the season. I think maybe maybe Will Buse is my FA Trophy keeper. He's definitely my Somerset Premier Cup keeper, but maybe he's my FA Trophy keeper. But I'd, I'd keep Joe Day in goal. Um, and yeah, I think just same as the second half. I, I might bring on. Um, if we if we've got a two goal cushion, I think with twenty minutes remaining, I'd probably bring on Will Dawes to have a run out, just to see if Will Dawes can actually play football. I have no <laughs> idea. I've, I've seen him paint a wall, but I haven't seen him play football. So I'd, I'd try him out, and um, yeah, I think that would be that would be how I'd approach it. And any uh, any recruitment, any focuses on recruitment for you in your first week? I think. I feel like we we've got a pretty well-rounded squad. I think since Ollie Thomas went back to Bristol City, I'd probably be looking to bring in another young striker in on loan to 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 sort of um play that role, that kind of like young hungry striker, a little bit of rotation offering us something different to the to, to the other attacking options. I might even recall Malachi Linton from Taunton and get him to to be that striker. But yeah, that that's probably the the one um, squad member that I'd that I'd add, 
And by the way, I would be absolutely rubbish. They'd be calling for my head by <laughs> the second or third game. Get it forward, Marsh. Yeah. <laughs> Turn around to the Banthers. What? <laughs> sort it out. Okay. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Day. I'm going Smith, Staunton, Wannell, and Whittle. I'm going for a midfield pair of Worthington and Hours. Then I'm having Jordan Young on the right. <sighs> Screw it. JMD in the middle. He's oh, luxury. Yeah. He's luxury, but it's on my head. Uh, Jordan Stevens on the left. And then Murphy up top. That's my... Oh. Uh, I like that much more. <laughs> diminutive, pacey front four to um, cause problems. I did want to put Maguire Drew in over Sonny, but I think for an FA Cup, you can bring Maguire Drew off the bench, especially for this early. I think, but I, I yeah, I like is, your lineup. He's like the Ozil of this team. Yeah. Who like floats around and then occasionally does a bit of magic. But You love an Arsenal parallel, don't you? Yeah, I, well, yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> but he is. That's the only one I can think of. Of I, a player who's... You, who's... Go on. I, I was going to say, I think if you if you have that balls to the wall front four, I think you're you're being forced to bring on Charlie Cooper at some point to sort things out. I think... Um, <laughs> yeah, I think Hours and Worthington will um, struggle to... to play that ball. I think Charlie Cooper's going to have to come in and sweep things up for you in the second half. Maybe. Maybe. We'll who see how it goes. Cover? Who would be your, your recruit? Do you know what? I want a another left back. Yeah. Yeah. Put a bit of pressure now, on Alex Whittle. Now you say it, yeah, we don't actually have a left back. I think Dawes is Dawes is kind of the He's the one who's sort of been earmarked as the, the backup if needed, but I think he's more of a wing back than a full back. Mark Cooper said he's a better wing back or winger than left back. So yeah. Maybe Wannell can go in there. Maybe after the 20 minutes that I give Will Dawes in my game, you might change your mind. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There over. we go. We've got three timelines going on and we can all learn from each other's. Um here's another one I've written down. Uh Three, who are the three Yeovil Town legends that you would like to have a Thatcher's with? Ollie, feel free to jump in. I, I'd definitely say Terry Skiverton. I've met Terry Skiverton when um, when I was working at Portsmouth and he was at Charlton and I very unprofessionally got a selfie with him. And then uh, when I left Portsmouth, my co-workers um, arranged a little video message from him to give to me and in the message he said I heard you're moving to London so we'll have to catch up and, and have a beer sometime so I'm still waiting for my <laughs> beer with I'm sure Terry, it's Terry if you're um, listening <laughs> but yeah then I think if you got Skiver I think you got to get the gang back together and uh, invite Darren Way along and um, Gavin Williams was always the joker wasn't he so those would be my three I think okay I feel like you've got three very different, <laughs> very different levels there <laughs> from Darren Way to like Gavin Williams, like in, in terms, terms of, of in terms of like mentality and right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> personality. 
I think. I think Staunton's got to be in there for me. I mean, it's a lot of recency bias, but the amount of stuff he's had to go through with us is ridiculous. So I'd say he's a, for me, he's a, a Yeovil legend. So I'll say Josh Staunton. I will say um, Terry Skiverton. And I will say, I don't know enough about him to know if he's truly a, a Yeovil legend. I only assume he does off the numbers, but I'd like to meet Phil Jevons. Because mm. he right. feels like he was part of an exciting period for us. So I'll say Phil Jevons is my third. Hey. I should have thought about mine, really, shouldn't I? <laughs> um <laughs> it's gotta be Skivo. So we're all we're, we're all on the beers with Skivo. Remember, you, uh, you questioned the group dynamics of my choices. Yeah, so. yeah I know, uh, yeah. I I mean it's mainly because of Darren Way in there, really. <laughs> um Skivo. Nathan Smith, because I reckon he'd be a good laugh. He'll bring the blendies with him. Exactly, yeah. And I'm going to go with uh, Paddy. Paddy Madden. I reckon he'd be oh, he'd fun be as well. <laughs> so that's mine. Um, uh, Let me just give it one more look on the hashtag. Uh... I'm in Gran Canaria at the moment. This is Gareth Aspinall. Which is your favourite Spanish island and why? Do you have a favourite Spanish island? The island of Spain. <laughs> and I've been to any of the other ones, so Spain is my favourite. Quite sure it is an island. but uh, ah, It's yeah. a part of a massive island. <laughs> Ollie, do you have a Spanish island? Um, is Lanzarote a Spanish island? I've been to Lanzarote. Probably. There we go. Lanzarote. I've never been to any Spanish islands, so yeah. No idea. I'll go with yours, Gareth. Tell us what it's like. Uh, last one from me. He who must not be named gets linked with a takeover, Weymouth. What do you say to our friends at the seaside, Tom? Oh. I would say good luck. <laughs> and then never show my face in Weymouth again. Okay. Ollie? I don't think I'd say any words. I think it would just be roughly five minutes of laughing. <laughs> but no, Scott Priest wasn't... Oh, sorry. He who shot... <gasps> He's never going to work oh, in football no. again. He's never going to work in football again. No. No. You sincerely hope not. I think I'd... I think I'd genuinely feel a bit sorry for them. Uh, at a point mm. um yeah okay and oh, i'm not sure this is this is gonna be the last one we might have to we'll we'll team up on this one uh this is from raging ball skittles make me a five-a-side team with one player from this season's squad the isis league winning team the conference winning team the league two winning team and the league one promotion team so one from each I don't know how much your guys' knowledge of the ISIS League win. Uh, I don't know how much that spreads. I did a bit of research and I only actually found three players and I don't know any of them. So <laughs> I'm willing to step. Uh, oh, God. I remember one of them was Dave Linney. No, David Linney? I don't think he Something played. Linney. That was the only 
name that came up more than once. So um, I'm going to alter it slightly and just give myself an honourable mention instead. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll we'll if we let's team up on this. So I think because Dave's not here, we kind of have to pick Howard Forrington from the ISIS League winning team. So that's our striker. Howard Forrington is up front for us. This is who Raging Bull Skittle uh, picked as well. So we've got Forrington up top. It's between, for goalkeeper, it's between Steck and Wheel, right? Those are, because Wheel was there for um, all three of the, the first lot of promotions. That's right, yeah. Who are you saying? If, if we, because I I think Steck, because... Um, yeah, I think I think Steck. Yeah, I'm in with Marek okay. Steck. And then Fence. Can't I got Dan good. Byrne. Dan Byrne. All right. So we've got Steck. seeing where he is now. Yeah. Oh wait, but no, because that's two from the League One promotion team, right? So oh no, yeah. it is. Yeah. But... Oh, I take that back then. Okay, we'll go with <laughs> we'll go with Skivo. <laughs> Why not? Midfield. That's I can get my point with him after. Exactly, yeah. Midfield. Remember, we have got this season's team as well. So, um, yeah, midfield. Uh, Depends on the shape of your five-a-side team if you want two in midfield or two up front. I put down Mackendo, but I know he's more of a winger. I don't know if he can do midfield. But it's five-a-side, so, I mean, he could probably play anywhere. Yeah. I'll say Mackendo. Mackendo's in. So for this season, who's who who tops up this team from this season? You're you're sorry, just on Mackendo, you're definitely you know how normally a five aside you have to like pay a fiver to play for the season. You're definitely not getting that fiver off of <laughs> But he'll take it off you <laughs> and turn it <laughs> into a tenner. Um, who would it be? What position have we got left? Because I don't want to say a defender when we don't need one. We've got Skivo. So, I mean, it's it's up. This it doesn't matter. I mean, we're the managers we? of this five aside team. How do we want them to play? Do we want to shut up shop and hit oh, on the break? No, and Forrington, Forrington scored a lot of goals. For, Forrington's Forrington's got to be. He's just goal hanging, right? We just yeah. hoof the ball up to him. Um, Did we say Maguire drew then to just launch heavenly balls into Forrington? I'm happy with Maguire Drew. I think small sided games, I think he'd be he'd be quite good. I think we're a bit lopsided though, because Mackendo, left footed, JMD, left footed. Yeah. There's not a lot of balance in there. I think I think I'm going for Jordan Stevens, just some explosive pace. That's a shout, actually. I Nip keep around that little pitch. You <laughs> keep forgetting he plays for us. <laughs> I've seen about 60 minutes altogether of him so far. I think, yeah, I think I could agree with Jordan Stevens. Okay, there we go. Steck, Skivo, McKindo, Jordan Stevens, and Howard Forrington leading the line in our five-a-side team. Nice. Happy days. Well, cheers, lads. A solid debut. A solid, solid debut. Mark Cooper would say you've done, you've both done fine. Um, it is a week of debuts on the Glover's cast, and I really appreciate you uh, joining me for this one. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for, for having us on. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And where are you this weekend, Tom? Huh. Oh, I remembered. Um, if you uh, are not able to make the Stoneham fixture, you can listen on Three Valleys Radio, uh, where you'll be joining myself and Rick Hyatt. 
you can also listen on BBC Somerset, where <laughs> you'll be joining myself <laughs> and Tom Seymour. So uh, pick your poison. Two wonderful options. For a 5-0, a 4-0, a 5-1, or a 3-1 game at Hewish Park against Stoneham. Cheers, lads. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. 